This is Jeff Combs. You're listening to Nightmare Junket. Get a job at a sideshow. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that knows no fairy tale is legit unless it is stephen king approved mm-hmm. my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we continue our romp through kaijun as we stomp our way over to norway as we talk 2022's troll and whether you see a sailboat or a schooner, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your troll hole. <laughs> and actually, you can find us being anti-trolls out on social media. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead, and it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and trollish shenanigans. <laughs> and as this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, June 16th, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, head on over to screenland.com where they will indeed have your trollish shenanigans taken care of indoors, outdoors, and virtually. Right on. And it's more specific, go to the Friday Night Frights tab and yes. the Friday. This episode is releasing genius. Mm-hmm. Canuck exploitation. Uh-huh. Werewolf as a metaphor. Woo! And Catherine Isabel and Emily Perkins and Mimi Rogers and Mimi and Mimi literally and Mimi Rogers. <laughs> Which anytime you get the and, and yeah, and that sometimes, especially if you go, probably ruined it for someone that was initially going to go in blind. But when you go in blind and you get the and. Like, oh. And Bill Duke as Carruthers. Right. And George Kennedy or and George Buck Flowers. Or the ultimate. And Donald Pleasance. Yes, as something something. Especially in Watch Out, We're Mad. (laughs) It just adds that much more. And Mimi Rogers has that kind of presence. Yeah. Uh, So please, we really hope to see you out there. Now, the next Friday, we're going from Canada. Technically, actually, we're staying. It's technically... A joint Canucksploitation New Zealand romp as we get, not New Zealand, oh shit, it is mul- Biscuit. <laughs> Let him get it. The entire time you were out, he was it. digging in there, I'm my sure. friend. He wants it. He loves his lollipops. You guys, this is where, again, I think it might benefit occasionally to have some cameras <laughs> to see our engineer over there making sure everything is sounding good. But no, um, Going to the Wasteland, it's a movie that we actually did. The Wasteland? Oh, Oh, am I going to leave the bike and walk away? That is exactly it. We actually did it as a Monday Mystery Movie Night at Tapcade. I love this movie. It's one that actually was technically probably maybe the second or third or fourth or fifth episode. Really early on, because we were excited, like, we get a screener, right? And, like, still to this day, we get a screener, right? (laughs) But at the same time, like, this movie is dope. This movie has wormed its way into the lexicon of the show because we have the whole... Kung Fury versus Turbo Kid. Mm -hmm. 
and come see why we put this theorem in practice because mm-hmm. this movie is nothing but heart. It's nothing but fun. Um, it's nothing but gore. Nothing but gore. Nothing but Michael Ironside. Nothing but Apple. Uh, Le Bouf. Lauren uh, Le Bouf. She, her performance, her presence. Sadly, I have wandered into social media and dealt with trolls, as it turns out. There is a contingent, a small contingent, but a contingent of people that don't like her performance. Dude, Apple's the shit. And from the get-go, we reacted well to that one. So I'm really hoping if you if you're like, what the hell is Turbo Kid? Come see it. Go in bl- as blind as you can be on what you're hearing. Dude, here. it's the best action Mega Man movie you will ever see. It's, a post-apocalyptic Mega Man is the best it, way I can describe it. It's got it. so much heart. Actually, it's got about eight of them yeah, across the board. Exactly. All the way across. Now, uh, the other repertory screening uh, that's happening on the weekend of the 16th. Uh, we actually, uh, in uh, reference of June uh, Juneteenth, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be taking in "Do the Right Thing" by Spike Lee. Nice. Has it been a while since you've seen it's it? Been a hot minute since I've seen it. I think I think the last time I seen it was about when it came out on video. Really? Yeah. I had a chance. I, I actually watched it the last time it did screen at Screenland, and it's a movie. Again, cautionary tale, prescient, mm-hmm. relevant, everything in between, and. Spike Lee's best work, possibly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those. If you have not seen it, you owe it yourself to see what it is about. Oh yeah. Now that being said, staying on weirdly relevant material again, be it cautionary tale or prescient, and it's a part of the film that you always forget that's in there. So I'm hoping a lot of people that go out outdoors for Saturday screening of Dirty Dancing. <laughs> There's the penny subplot, folks. <laughs> Oops. Nobody was baby in the corner. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but again, the stuff that plays weirdly relevant now right? in terms of access to that. So, again, Patrick Swayze, crazy for Swayze, but also some interesting socially relevant content. Come for the Swayze, stay for the content. <laughs> Now, that being said, of course, if you don't live in the Kansas City area, and uh, Screenland sounds rad, because... Because it fucking is. It is, it is, and they are a mom-and-pop local little place here. They are not a franchise or a chain. Mm -hmm. So if you'd like to support them from afar, uh, the easiest way to do that is to become a member of their film family by going to patreon.com slash Screenland, but genius... I'm talking Patreon and film family. The bellies. We also have our own little crazy collection of our crew gathered over Patreon. And all this month, ideally, on Fridays, regardless of your tier, Mm -hmm. every tier that we offer, uh, you're going to be hearing my thoughts on a first-time kaiju film. Ooh, kaiju supplemental. It is. all Every Friday. Son of Kaijun. (laughs) We'll get to this. We'll get next year. Will be that because this is the first time I actually was like disciplined enough. Kaijuki, Kaijuki's good. Kaijuki's divisive though. Yeah, that's as very know, true. That's as very we true. Know. Well, what's not necessarily divisive? Well, you know what? I don't know actually. Let me ask you this: uh, the movie I'm going to be talking about was my first time watching the Giant Claw. Ooh, the big uh, lobster movie. Not the lobster movie. And the crab. Not a crab movie. The bird one. The bird one. The bird one. The mutant, goofy-looking bird. With the big ping-pong googly eyes. Yes, and with the eyes. And you can see the strings. It's 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 probably one of the worst kaiju, but it's also probably one of the better kaiju because it's goofy. That's it's just it. goofy. It's from the 50s, if I'm correct. It's, made with, it's, it's Ed Wood's kaiju film. It was made earnestly because exactly. there's some 
heady sci-fi elements that I did not see coming, just matter and antimatter, that I was like, well, that's a turn mm-hmm. in our giant mutant goofy-looking bird movie. Ping-pong <laughs> ball eye science. But you could have an interesting drinking game because not necessarily a big gulp, but at least take a sip every time the word fortress is mentioned. Because they constantly talk about it's a this bird is as big as a fortress. Well, it's it moves like a fortress in air. So, like, how big of a fortress are we talking about? Because are we talking about like the fortress of solitude? Are we talking about like you know the He-Man battle fortress that you get? Because theoretically, that's not that big. In like, because if we could handle it as a kid, are we talking about like? You know, Cobra's Fortress. Like, how how big are we talking about? Like Fort Bragg. Like, well, if we're gonna try to go PE adjacent <laughs> with the do the right thing and a callback, we can definitely say it's their Terradome or Terradrome. There we go. There we go. It's as big as that. Now, it it was a lot of fun because there's a lot of charm involved, and that was kind of the onion of the belt at the time were these giant monster movies, but technically done here in the U.S. at the time. Although the creation of the monster was. It, Technically, it was a uh, Mexican special effects company that put them together. It was last, last they actually went for Harryhausen on it. Really? Yeah. But and they, they they got their very Mexican equivalent. It was so Simpsons. It really was. When I read about that, I was like, Are Senior you kidding me? Senor Harryhausen, Harry Casen. I was like, Are you kidding me? And I'm pretty sure I make reference to that because I couldn't help but think of you with. How the Simpsons always finds a way. We took 37 takes, and that was the best one. <laughs> that's muy bueno. <laughs> now, that being said, that's across all of our tiers. But if you're on the I've Seen That tier or above, uh, you're also going to have our thoughts. Uh, we took in Shin Kamen Rider. Yeah, the violent and gory Good God, Shin the Kamen Rider. <laughs> but it's a film that not only digs into the gore, but it's fairly existential. Mm-hmm. You could have some interesting conversations going in, and it should be noted, we had no no, no baggage, none, very, and very, that's very one little. Episode. Nope, I just vaguely knew of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, okay, it's a grasshopper dude riding a bike, and it's from Japan, and he fights monsters. That's about my knowledge. But now, I talk, you talk about the Augs. I can tell you about like fucking. There's how many common riders there were. The fact that there's a Showa and a Heisei era. and a Heisei and an Araya now with Shin. It's it's <laughs> a lot. Let's just say we were fairly we were pleasantly surprised throughout, and we mm-hmm. were lucky enough to see it in a packed theater. So if you would like to have access to that and so much more, head on over to Patreon.com/slash Nightmare Junkhead. In fact, uh, this month's Shutter Shoutout, I know we're going to be pairing. Ted Gagan's Brooklyn 45, which I'm so upset. That I didn't see it at Panic Fest? Yes. Me too. Me yes. too. Can't, can't get them all, though. And I don't know, but making make a correction that, and we got to figure out what we want to pair it with, which... Something ghostly. I'm still I'm still rooting for Witchboard myself. If let's, anything, let's throw do a little it. tiny let's contain on there. Oh, hell yeah. You know it's got to be in the pre-show, though. Well, no, this, the, here's the problem, though, now. Are you going to cartwheel across some cars Fuck if I yeah. can bring in like okay. some Hot Wheels? So, so here's the thing. So, <laughs> so at work back at the moon, right? I made the playlist, right? And so I had all the different things. And every now and then I'd put a song just for me. One of the songs like was "Goodbye Horses," and every time that would come up, because there's like 500 songs on this. So every now, and then, you know, but everyone like "Goodbye" and like right. But another one, "Here I Go Again" on my own. Whenever that song came on. We had all the accoutrements, so I went and I got like 
long little wig, wig. and I threw it on there. And like and then I was riding around on the counter. Right? And like galloped down the road off Epinon. Right. And like but only for a little bit because one, I'm fat and I can't take it too much. And two, nine times out of ten as I'm doing that, a customer would jump in and have to jump off the counter. Right? If you don't believe that it happened, ask Kay. Right? I don't need to verify. I know you, my friend. Because, <laughs> like, seriously, she's like, uh, she she'll tell you she like she has PTSD from Goodbye Horses now, right? Or and yeah, a slider okay. case of uh, Twani Katang. Uh, well, we'll definitely be coming. I now I can't guarantee you're going to see that in video, but I'd like to at least think maybe start limbering up. I'll tell you what, if you ever see me in Screenland and you have a boombox or a portable uh, MP3 player with it, then place them here. I go again. I'm on. You might just see it. Well, technically, you've got until uh, Saturday, the the twenty fourth of this month, to decide if you want to join us to see maybe <laughs> if you get to see Genius get his freak flag flying. And as we lose like more Patreon, deleted pledges. Goddamn, Jay. <laughs> we get we we take it carefully day by day, my friend. But no, we do have a lot of fun stuff coming up. So yeah, please feel free to join us. Now that being said. Kaijun rolls on. Stomps along. Stomps along. And I love that we're staying, still staying international. Mm-hmm. And I love, be it in Thailand or Norway in this case, not only do we see you know, the influence of the OGs, the King Kongs, the Godzillas, <laughs> but we're also starting to see and kind of hear the influences of a film that competed in this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, and we talked about it mm-hmm. a lot in last week's episode of The Lake, but that is, of course, Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park. All over the lake, all over the movie we're going to be talking about today. All over modern kaiju films. You can't escape it. Sans Godzilla's. Yeah. Because I think Godzilla's like, we are, uh, we're we doing our this. own thing, right? Yeah. But like... Hold my bubble, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> Hold my monster island brew, right? <laughs> so, no, but uh, I think because it's such a powerful movie, Jurassic Park, you can't help but oh, if something's yeah. stomping around, like, oh, <laughs> you didn't see the water. It's And again, there's a fine line between, like, homage... And straight-up copy. But the influence and everything is still felt. It's still there. The... Now, what you don't hear in the background is the cat kaiju fighting of... Stop uh, it, boys! Genius's kids right now. I'm having, having some issues. It's funny because like when they know I'm coming and they know that I'm mad, so I can almost hear them in their in their thoughts like dun 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 dun. You're stomping dun. in. Bomb bomb bomb. Dadzilla. Bad kid tease. <laughs> Old bad kid tease. <laughs> Roar! And instead of breathing fire, I'm squirting water. <laughs> <laughs> you paint. You paint a picture, but again, these cats are so spoiled. Oh my God! If I'm only, again, if I come back, I hope to come back as a house cat for you. <laughs> so from Thailand to Norway, we're definitely soaking in a lot of the the local scene, the local culture, the local cuisine. Right. With this one, and it's everything from uh, the, the, especially the locale, but especially our giant monster. Yeah. And in this case. It's a giant troll. It makes sense. It makes sense. Fucking Norway, Sweden, all that area. That's the land of trolls. It's the land of like mythical beings and shit. Is where fucking Hans Christian Andersen and all that shit came from. Of course, they're gonna have trolls. 
Hey. It's the land of trolls and magic. So of course, <laughs> previously, that was good. Um, <laughs> it's the land of trolls and magic. So of course, if you're going to have a big giant monstrosity that comes from that uh, care area, it's going to be about. Um, it's going to be about. And the that's local folk. Yeah, and that's one of the things when it comes to that. So when you have <laughs> when you have a lot of cats, when you have <laughs> and some temperamental cats at okay, that. Okay, welcome to Cat June. Uh, now, when when you have a giant monster, you're going to represent because it's when you lot. have a monster that's going to be your country's, you want to have something that kind of represents mm -hmm. what, like you know, what is it about over so, there? Ooh, fucking, of course, it's going to be a big ass giant troll and. Trolls themselves, like the concepts of trolls, the, the character of a troll, the creature mm -hmm. of a troll, is something that is, again, it's in folklore, it's in fairy tales. But it's been also something that's been bastardized and sugar-coated. We got treasure trolls in that troll movie with Anna Kendricks as the troll. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, neither have I. <laughs> but I wouldn't have put it past you, though. Right, well, because well, Anna up. Kendricks. But at the same time, like, back in the day, they're fucking man-eaters. They're monsters. <laughs> fee fi fo foam. I smell the blood of an Englishman, we, as we see later on in the movie. Again, like in The Little Mermaid, everybody's like, oh, it's such a great story. Yeah, but the original's fucked up. Like, fucking trolls. It's fucked up. When you go back to the original fairy tales. Right. You know, if you go to back like Grimm's. It's like Joey Pants. It's fucking dark in here. There's a reason it's called Grimm. Right. And like we said, most of those were Stephen King approved because they were served as cautionary tales. Mm -hmm. They were tales you told your kids to keep them in line. Yeah. And Sit to down and shut up or the troll's going to eat you. And also in a way to respect... Nature. And pay reverence, yeah, to Mother Nature. And to respect the outside world, again, and it's folklore. It's explaining the world around you and in a way that you can kind of understand, like, what cat, what made the mountains? Oh, tr giant-ass trolls that got stuck in the sunlight. Yep. Cool. You know? I mean, and for better or worse, these traditions are the passed down, and then they become... More than that. That's how the folklore begins, and they become bigger, as we see in here. It's like, I love it. I love the fact that it's taking their indigenous folklore, I guess, their like, and, and making it a monster. For example, we would have um, Mothra Man, a big giant, or a big giant, like, the Loch Ness Monster can be, or the Dot Ness Monster. Dot Ness, there it's it great. is. great. There it is. But like you said, it's all about the region. It's pay making reverence, paying reverence to it. But the fact that it has to really go a long way to, I think, separate itself from a troll's place in popular culture now, to the point where, like, Mimi in the Drew Carey show collected the mini trolls. Mini trolls, the treasure trolls. Do you remember a certain film from 1986 directed by John Carl Beekler? Oh, it's the original Harry Potter movie? Yes. So trolls, again. And Troll 2? Oh my God! It's and I've seen that, but I've seen it's the documentary. Wacky! I've seen it. Of course, yeah. I have. It's it's trolls. Neil Bog. <laughs> but again, we've been fed a steady diet of trolls growing up mm -hmm. in, in any aspect and of social popular media. culture. Yeah, oh, especially can't, can't escape trolls. Well, and that's just it. I mean, internet terminology now. 
That's a pejorative. That is something you don't want to be called in mm-hmm. this case. And as you mentioned, there's a case of like interesting duality with trolls, and it's all about perspective, right? And how if if you're deemed a little different, according to certain people, you therefore are destined to be just wiped out. Troll, and <laughs> living exactly, under a bridge. Exactly, that's one of the things. So. Eating goats. When, when we were going in on this, uh, putting together the month of Kaijun, this was one of the films that you had recommended mm-hmm. because you had not seen it yet, Mm-mm. but it was on your radar. I saw a trailer for it. It's like were one of those just, like little random you, Netflix things, like like Gumzoon troll, and like I wasn't even paying attention. And I was like, "That's a big ass troll!" Like, "Oh shit, Kaijun's coming up next month." So it's nice to then stay with basically Norwegian horror, mm-hmm. of which. Again, there's some examples out there, but nothing that was really well known. Right. And in fact, the whole way, the reason this whole thing came about is the director of this film, and I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Roar Utag, who was the director of the most recent Tomb Raider movie, uh-huh. which in and of itself I heard decent things on. Yeah, I heard here. it was. Yep. Bad. Okay, getting the okay, thumbs up. Okay, cool. Yeah, which means I need to check that out. But amidst that, uh, a, a production company had partnered with Netflix, and they said, hey, we'd kind of like to go ahead and fund your next film. What would you like to do? Smashy, smashy. Apparently, he has had something in his back pocket for many years of making just that, a uniquely kaiju Norwegian film representing a giant troll. Mm-hmm. And giving you a lot of mythology, and again, the reverence, and basically everything we look for in a kaiju movie. When we watched it the first time, we we watched this one twice. Twice. Uh huh. The first time we were watching, we we're like, oh, check, yep. check, because good. The, the big as a house, or oh, I yeah. mean, be able to smash a car in one stomp. We see it. Absolutely, check. He smashes multiple it. smashes. Multiple smashes. Um, the futility of man. Oh my lord. Check. Yeah. And then mass de- destruction in a populated area. Check. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Good stuff across the board. And this is and this is also a man-eater. Oh. This is a man-eating troll. But that being said. War of the Gargantuans. The Gargantuas is a was again such a nice surprise, but the scares and chills I got in that one. I didn't get so much with this one. This is more action horror. It very much mirrored into, and also, this gave me like strong, like just before dawn vibes, just in terms of making the natural environment. It just adds so much to the production value. Very fog esque. Oh, and it's just it's beautiful throughout this, the the Norwegian countryside. Oh is, my god, is it's just so green and exotic and just hilly. It looks like fucking. Um, like hobbits it, should be walking across the fields to get to Mordor. You it know, looks natural. Yeah, could we say hypernatural? Hypernature. Hypernatural. Well, this was I a like shot. That term. Love that term. That's a that's a slick term. Any the time something is just a little off. Mm-hmm. Hypernature. Uh, but this was shot by Jallo Faber, and also scored by Johannes Ringen, and the score was another one that I was listening for maybe some of the like maybe a cue or a callback that's the thing i was missing on this he didn't have a theme 
a specific theme. Right. Yeah. I mean, like at least when Godzilla bum bum bum, and even when he comes, there's some variation sure. of it. You know, I would have liked his theme as we saw in the end of the the, the Hall of the Mountain King. The bum 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 bum. That's a perfect theme for him. You know, if they would have like bum 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 as he's like Rawr! fucking shit up, that would have been great. So that would have. Enhanced. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And I'm not saying that this movie was bad. I mean, I really enjoyed this movie because yeah. it was proper smashy, smashy. This one thing I can say about this movie: it was slick. It was polished. <laughs> it looked really good. I mean, the special effects, the kaiju itself. Oh, he, was really well done. And this is definitely one that is all CG. All CG. All yeah. CG. But there's definitely a lot of practical that's going on in place as well. Yeah. And this is where you combine them. You map them, you collaborate, mm-hmm. and I think this is a good example of con- contemporary kaiju uh, going outside of the country as well, just in terms of making it specifically that. But the Jurassic Park, from the beginning, to the point that we have a paleontologist digging up on a fossil dig, has someone come down, I, hey, we need your help. There is... The water scene, the water, the 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 the, the tremoring, and then we even have the French like scientist a, saying like, uh, "You're too busy thinking about if you could, doesn't think about if you should." And the whole like folly of nature, and he, and he thinks he goes in his Swedish, "Nature finds a we or something like that. Bird to bird, and so like it was, it was it was I was like, "Wow, check check and check on the Jurassic Park thing," but it wasn't as much as like say the lake. That's, oh, it was yeah. just enough homage where I'm like, I'll allow it. You're you're good. You're good. We we appreciate that you do appreciate mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. Well, and you know what? I said I wasn't necessarily terrified, but there was a moment when they're going through the cell phone footage when he shows Comes up out. proper. Yeah. From the wreckage and the debris, just to the pure chaos to the WTF of what's going on. There was a kind of a tinge of terror there. The cave-in gave me a jolt, like that when he first comes up. Rawr, well, just, it's because it looked it's swallowing and it's claustrophobic them. in there already, you know. And I'm like, God damn. Well, and it's also the fact that it establishes uh, much comeuppance from the people that are there to mine the earth. Right. Exactly. You fuck with nature, you get fucked with. And that's this, yeah. F around and find out. Well, this is what happens when you f around with Mother Nature. But here's the thing: this is the one where you feel sad. This is a Kai bummer. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not like boo-hooing, <laughs> no, but, but at the same time, it's like sometimes when you're like the monsters there, you're like, yay! Or sometimes when like the monster defeats the other monster, you're like, yay! But sometimes mm-hmm. when the monster dies, King Kong, for King example, Kong, yes. when the monster dies, you're like, oh, man, that's kind of a bummer. They went out. They didn't deserve that. Well, and that's because... And this is a prime example of they didn't deserve it. Because they even said, how would you like it if you woke up and... In a world and everything is different and everything is just little and trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. Yeah. It gives him, again, that existential motivation to get back to his smashy, smashy. to his area, his home, mm-hmm. which has been defiled. That, Jesus Christ, the desecration going on. Mad desecration. It's insane. The reveal of the bones in that whole room. Mm-hmm. I Oh, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> Well, technically, yeah, this is true. I should say we are, eh, we're about halfway through. I would like, I mean, there's a number of things that we can touch upon. Let's talk about. Well, okay, so before we go into more, 
the one thing that makes or breaks a kaiju film is the oh uh-huh, yeah, the, is the talky talky between peoples. the smashy yeah. smashy. And I liked the people in this. This they were charismatic. I okay yes, it's the people, and that's my journey. Three years into Kaijun at this point is identifying the importance of the people parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was I loved everyone from yeah. from the opening bit where we have the father daughter moment, the tiny and big and, and big, tiny, big and tiny, and they're doing the mall rat schooner sailboat. If you believe, if Ethan Suppley only believed, <laughs> right, he yeah. would have seen it. All of a sudden, a big schooner sailboat would come out. But then it's a schooner sailboat that's going to be wrecked. <laughs> By something giant. Uh-huh. But it's that awesome moment, though, when it's she believes. Yeah. And she and sees the faces. She sees the faces. And it's very a la, like, when you're looking in a tree or when you're looking in, like, the wood pan, wood Eyes grain. Of fire. Or fuck all that it's noise. in the trees. <laughs> that troll's going for gasps. <laughs> and then troll toll. <laughs> oh, that... There is... A, someday we'll find it. The troll toll connection. The eggs... And the crabs and me. There it is. It'll always find its way. <laughs> no, I. That's just it. I legit loved basically everything that they went. Oh, I'll tell you what. The one no. of the characters, the two of the characters, that actually stood out the most for me. The oh, side yeah, characters. Thing. One was the dad. The oh, dad was great. The dad, like, like, oh, the people they're gonna think he's crazy. Next thing, he's got that wild eye and he's eating dirt. Like something's wrong here. Ah! From from pantless Papa to mm-hmm. eating the dirt Coming out with shotguns and shit, but the um, but the uh, handler, the FBI handler, and his like stories, his book that he's putting together, it's like a Zen Buddhist monk that's a private detective that can take off his body parts and fling them at people, and they can bite people. Yeah, he can take off his head and bite people, and he can use his fingers, fingers his darts. darts. He can take off his fist and snowball punch somebody, and. His him telling this whole everyone throughout from the dad who actually goes fascinating and actually the thing is everybody was kind of interested until like there was bigger fish to fry yeah they're like you know what that's not bad oh shit there's a big giant troll we got to do this you know so. <laughs> well as the assistant to the prime minister you know you got some time on your hands I retired possibly. well and you know what I also really dug though and again just in terms of the kind of the stuff that we see in a lot of these kaiju movies is we've got a control panel area with the military the and the brass, the war mm-hmm. room, and we have people reacting to Stupidly? Something. Stupidly? Dumbly? Okay, here's it's not my beef per se. It's not a beef with the movie at all because it makes sense and it is, again, the folly of man and the way we are as human beings. But if you're sitting around a war room, there's obviously a big giant creature that's fucking shit up, right? It looks like a troll, right? It's it's obviously is destroying shit. All the things that work that in the fairy tales work against trolls are working against giant things, bells. They're using right. Why on God's green earth? Oh no no no! It can't be a troll. That's impossible. Can't say the t word. What the fuck else could it be? It's not a goddamn orangutan. I think possibly scientifically by labeling. You are limiting, my friend. Right? And then on that token, if you've already shot the shit out of it with all the military mustard that you can mantle, and it can't even do dick oh, to yeah. it, what makes you think that more weapons are going to do more to it? Be the folly, the of, folly man. of man. Again, if Blue Oyster <laughs> Cult has told us one thing, history shows again and again that nature runs out the folly of man. Trollzilla. <laughs> 
And actually, there's a point where they call it a Norwegian Godzilla mm-hmm. once the cell phone uh, footage is released. The dad was wonderful from his bits of, I know this isn't necessarily us you know, having a moment. Um, what did he call it? Um, a reconciliation. Reconciliation. But then the life in his eyes. Yeah. And his... Because he was saying the whole time, everybody just missed him as mad and wacky. Oh, there's mm-hmm. no such thing as trolls. Meanwhile, big old fucking monster trolls are running around. And it's also just nice when he gets to see his life's work. Yeah, vindication! And especially that moment he has. With real conciliation and vindication. He was having a a good day. day. He was having a good day. Next thing you know, it says like Dr. Sven's a pimp on the Goodyear blimp or something. (laughs) So the people parts were great. And then also our main person... uh, Professor uh, Tateman, so good. (laughs) She was really good. good. Like, why isn't anybody listening to me? Fuck off. And then just doing her own thing. No nonsense. Right. Fit within the vein of the cast of characters from like Shin Godzilla, Mm -hmm. that when the bureaucracy is just shuffling their feet, enough. Let's go do some shit. Let's go do some shit. shit. Let's get done. done. It works really, really well. Even the military guy, Captain Hunk, Captain Beefcake. Yes. I didn't mind him at all. No. He wasn't an asshole. He wasn't obnoxious or annoying. Even that moment when they all, that night before that first military attack, when mm-hmm. they have the shared moments, when they're talking about like a Call of Duty yeah. with the binoculars and shit. And it was really nice. Yeah. And like you said, it's those people parts that really matter. But the troll himself, we talked about the CG. It looked good. Textured. It looked good. From like the moss beard. To like the weird uh, loincloth of like different rocks and the big fuzzy fraggle rocky tail, literal of fraggle rock. Mm-hmm. You know, it was pretty slick. And you have to watch out for the tail. Yes. As we find out later in the film. My only major beef with the movie, and but before I go into that, I thought there was a really great balance between the human and the smashy smashy. You know, because that a lot of kaiju movies have to walk that fine line. And there's usually more talky-talky in a lot right. of that. Right, and I'm never going to say no against Smashy Smashy. No, no, no. But no. if there's a good mix between the two, I'm all right with it. Mm-hmm. This was a good mix. I did like I, it. I didn't mind it. The only thing is I wish there would have been more Smashy Smashy. I think, though, and especially given the nature of our monster, of well, the titular Well, because he is a kind troll, of a Benelovin monster in a roundabout way. Yeah. He's still going to fuck shit up. But he's not going to kill innocent if you don't have to. His in, it, no, that's just it. We have a moment. Unless you're Christian. Because what killed the cro- trolls? Christianity. And that's they go into it. In fact, the dad is talking about the fact that they basically wiped out an entire species. Mm-hmm. And be that literal, metaphorical, what have you. Take it as you will, the baggage you bring, but at the same time, kaiju movies always stand for a metaphor for something. It's up to you as the viewer to interpret Mm -hmm. what that is trying to say. Maybe it's just a smashy smashy, but there's always something, and it's always in the talky parts where you get what the thesis statement of the movie is. And that's a thing that I've really grown to enjoy Mm -hmm. throughout my time, because, yeah, again... Some of them are better than others. Absolutely. Let's just say some of those early Showa eras, there's a lot of that kid in the short shorts. Oh, my God. He's hilarious. All the kids. I was going to ask that one of our things. Is there a Japanese, I mean, a rule in like Japanese Showa era where all the kids have to have like those like crazy basketball shorts? You know what I'm saying? Those ones that like, and you're like, you guys are kids. That's too much leg. 
thankfully, of all the things that they're paying homage to in they Troll, they don't do that in new and no short shorts. Short. Well, except for the little banana hammock that he is wearing, because he is kind of American. Yeah, yeah. God help us. That's awful. <laughs> you it's can not see a Moss Merkin, man. Okay, Moss Merkin. That sounds like a Star Wars character. You must go see Moss Merkin for more credits. Yeah, nothing, nothing. <laughs> but I did like the design, and I like actually the reveal because we get that initial cell phone footage. You get the still image, the fuzzy footage. You and see, they don't hide them. After no. they show the troll, you see a full on troll. Well, and the fact that a lot the reveal starts with the eye. Mm-hmm. So a little Italian influence, I'd like to think. But then that whole stand up. Yeah. And it's impressive. And the theme, I know it's not memorable but it was something when he was revealed it was a little bit deeper and a little bit more possibly menacing a little bit more menacing because we don't really know of right but it was cool when they were doing the explosions and he comes out of the red smoke or out of the orange smoke and he's just like fuck you oh, guys that initial strike on him when they're just raining down and the they realize that nothing it just, all it did was piss him off it just agitated him mm-hmm. the, he he, we do have him definitely eating that guy, the, and him f- smelling the blood of the Christian smelling, man. Like literally, yeah. Mm, I smell Christians, and it's like, uh oh. And that moment when they, they realize that, like, they're like, oh, that's the thing. This movie was funny, but it wasn't overtly funny. It wasn't no. like it wasn't played. It had its silly moments, mm-hmm. but it wasn't so goofy where you're like, this is dumb. It didn't take you out of the film. This is a really well done kaiju film. It was well shot. Like I said, it looked like. A big budget disaster film. Something it felt you, like a disaster film. And the way it was shot, the from the, the again the production design that so much was real, from going from miniature tanks in War of the Gargantuas to like real trucks to and real, shit. Yes, and 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 in camera explosions, which I appreciated as well. That's part of the practicality of that with the mix of the CG. Again, mm-hmm. there was a good use of collaboration with the two. Yeah, that's the one thing I don't think that. I know it's easy to hate on CG, but there's a way to partner it and make it absolutely, seamless. absolutely. It just adds to it, especially nowadays. Uh, we get a troll park, little chaos scene. That's that the thing. There should have been more wanted... chaos, a little bit more chaos. Although I do like the Austin Powers esque troll uh, we... hiding of the troll, the Moss Merkin. It was also a little 2001 with like the monolith. Dun, dun, dun. I was like thinking like and that poor little redheaded kid looking up in the troll for a minute there I'm like you're glad this movie wasn't made by Fulci cuz you'd be fucked. <laughs> he has a thing against redheaded kids. He puts him through the ringer. He puts him through the ringer. Well again there's just a slight Italian influence with the eye. They just didn't go a bit. they didn't go they Fulci. No. <laughs> um but there from the uh the part chaos is actually that's where we initially get the bell defense. But that's also where... Why, why would you get closer to striking range? If something's working, why would you go, lean in, guys? No! Stay where you're at! The two times we watched this film, two times during the sequence, you would hear Genius just going, what are you doing? What is the strategy? What is going on? Five-star general my ass? More like Captain Crunch. <laughs> Captain Kangaroo. What do you think it, about that, Captain Kangaroo pimp? Mm. <laughs> Listen again. It's 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 good kind of beef to have, yeah. In a way, because it didn't make sense. No, man. but you're angry at the football as a man, not at the movie. No, 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 and no. You're not like this is dumb. You but know, the you're fact just like, that ah. he straight up just grabs them out and of the beats sky him with and then 
fucking it reminded me of when Jason beat the camper with the bag and the other bag. Whap, whap, whap. It's great. It's it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. Children didn't take no shit. No. But even the moment also. For any of you out there, the, that initial, we're going so out of sequence here, that initial sequence where that's the couple where we get that the other Jurassic Park with the T mm-hmm. shaking, you think animal possible trauma. The dog survives. The and dog again, survives. I wrote that in my notes. Listen to your goddamn animals. Always listen to the animals. They know, be it a Godzilla, a Norwegian Godzilla, by stone, by flesh, mm-hmm. they know. Uh, we've got the... Uh, I'm going through Tim and Life, Norwegian Godzilla, unbelievable. Oh my the god! Last thing, okay, this is a mad spoiler. If you've seen this movie, you might agree. But here's the thing: that's fucked up. The way that they drew the 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 the, the troll out. We talked about the habitual grave robbing. How are you gonna lure out a monster with the, the skull. skull of a baby, a murdered baby? Because that had a fucking hole in its head. I know the intent is good. But I don't know what but kind of like ba- like damn. language barrier, nonverbal, because it does seem. Well, the thing That's though is, that's <laughs> just it. He seems like he can understand. He knows. He sees that. He looked. He looked at his hand. He looked at his hand, and then he. The bad thing is, he had two moments of reflection at that one moment. He one he like, oh man, this is a baby skull I'm holding, and then he looks in the mirror and he's over like, oh, I'm a monster. he's over like, like like fucking uh, Frankenstein, scary, yeah. huh? right. And then, like, so I well, felt that added more to his pathos. And when they actually was in pain, I was like, God damn, it's not his fault. No. You bombed his house. That, that's just it. Through the, the, the journey of our troll, like you mentioned, that's what's surprising is how sad this film ends up going. As funny as it is and as goofy as it is, the sad parts hit you like a fucking truck. You know, I mean, they, not to the point where you're breaking tears, but you're like, God damn, poor monster. Well, you know what? It's nice, though, that a giant monster movie can... Get you in the feels like that. Yeah. Uh, a, per, a people part that we didn't talk about and darn near stole the film was our uh, Trekkie Techie. The Trekkie Techie. She was great. Phenomenal in the she film. She was great. And, you, and what I really dug is kind of like the idea of the team they have. Yeah. And how everyone, especially in that last uh, scene. Especially the Trekkie Techie. If it wasn't for the Trekkie Techie, they'd all be fucked. They would have gotten vaporized. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't be able to break out the, the, the green flares. This movie contains something that freaked me out as a kid, freaks me out now, will probably freak me out when I come back as a, as a house cat. But like, <sighs> sirens, like, Showing the you know pending apocalypse or some horrible thing that's happening, be it a purge, but then also the desolate streets, the emptiness. That's always of that. creepy, especially God damn, in like big cities. Because yes. Oslo's not like a small town. No, Oslo's not like a little chalet somewhere and in the mountain. They also took a cue from Snyder's Superman or the lesson learned and evacuated early. Yeah, so smart. that they could indeed do a little bit of cast. In fact, we do get kind of what I would call a. Almost a traditional Godzilla view with the up-down shot of him like going through a building, which was very refreshing. I actually did appreciate that. Uh, now, oh, Biscuit, buddy, of all the... I've got my second page of notes, bud. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, we've talked about the hyper nature mm-hmm. of which basically it's like nature plus... It's just that something's off sense. in the air. Yeah, spider it's, senses. Okay, again, I really do appreciate that. We have talked about the troll as Mother Nature's bodyguard and what happens when you mess with that. But the last sequence 
when we do get another kind of Jurassic Park bit with, I think it was in part two where they have like the little baby Velociraptor mm-hmm. and they're trying to lure. It's like, no, the baby T-Rex, I think. So you get a little bit of that, but then also with the chase sequence. The car. The only thing missing was something in the mirror, which we didn't get, thankfully. Trollfoot. I wouldn't. It, I it would wouldn't lo- have been out of place. I would love to see a kaiju Danny DeVito. Well, we've gotten, you know, penguin Danny DeVito. Just a so big, giant kaiju Danny DeVito. I'm going to live under this bridge. It's the Golden Gate Bridge. That would have well, yeah, no, you'd have to get a bigger bridge though, uh, for no, something that's true. like that. Well, no, he's kind of small, so even if he was kaiju size, he'd still be like maybe fifty feet. That's fair. Again, would we be able to question? Could we watch one of those like Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman with that counter? Fifty Foot Devito? Yeah, check out this hua, right? And he's going around. Jesus he's chasing. Christ. He's chasing the Fifty Foot Woman. I like your loincloth. I got one like that too. I'm a giant man cheetah. And technically, he could go from man cheetah to man spider as well. That's true. He could cross boundaries. That's true. Cross monsters. I can dig that. Or the Davidians. We talked a little bit about duality. Uh, one thing I, that they really hammered in early on is the idea of folklore contains an element of truth to it. Because it's all about folklore. Yes. But just also how that can be possibly corrupted. Theoretically, we could use this for Kaijun and uh, Folk Horror February. And you know what? Folk Horror this would work just in terms of the reverence that's paid to everything. Giant Eyes of Fire. <laughs> that means that, you know what? We, we got to break out the Dong Gong for, you know, Giant, Eyes of Fire. Uh, oh, man. Can you imagine? <laughs> that's, that would be. Wicker Man on Monster Island. Come to Monster Island, right? And then all of a sudden, instead of like, come on, you hear, Masurai, all seductive and shit. Dude, sign me up. I'm going to Sexy Monster Island. Fucking, I'm down. (laughs) Come, giant bone engine shit. That'd be rad. We're getting slap happy. Yeah, we are. We're going to wrap this up. So, listen, uh, other thoughts on Troll? No, okay. I like go see it. Well, yeah, it's it's on Netflix. You, you, if you want a kaiju movie, modern kaiju movie, you can't go wrong with Troll. It's this was fun. This fun. was a really nice surprise. So thank you for programming that. That was kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. Now uh, next week, let's just say this: uh, our episode in terms of kaiju will find us hailing to the king. What does that mean? Well, you'll just have to tune in to find out. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. You gotta pay the troll toll. You wanna get the boy soul. You gotta pay the troll toll to get in. And as an added bonus for this episode, uh, we're adding my thoughts to watching Attack of the Monsters, a.k.a. Gamera versus Gigon for the first time. little added bonus. Uh, if you'd like access to that and much more, again, head on over to Patreon. Uh, But please enjoy this Patreon perk already in progress. And happy Kaijun for anyone out there that is celebrating. I I know I am. In fact, we recently uh, just recorded the first episode of Kaijun, and (laughs) we started things off wonderfully. Uh, I, I know at this point that episode will have released, so you will have heard our thoughts on War of the Gargantuas. And I knew going in to this year's Kaijun, uh, specifically with programming, I knew inevitably there's going to be a number of titles showing up on this feed because 
I've missed out on so many giant-sized, smashy, smashy shenanigans, and this is the excuse and this is the time to fill in that gap. But the problem is that gap is so large and there are so many specific franchises or, or properties that exist within all these kaiju movies. It's, it's like Donnie Darko's uh, Iowa test scores. It's intimidating and it's hard to know where to go into. However, from the get-go, I knew I had to get in my first Gamera as Gamera is one of those that I can, I've seen that my way through probably any of their films because it's giant turtle monster that is kid friendly. Yeah, I've seen that. However, much like Godzilla, multiple eras for Gamera. Uh, you've got the Gamera has a Showa era from 1965 into 1980, has a Heisei era from 1995 to 2015, and then has a Rewa era that is going to be starting in 2023 this year. There's going to be a Gamera Rebirth will be playing on Netflix. So, yes, you will hear my thoughts on that movie when it releases on Netflix. But where do I start? And I decided, let's go to Showa. Let's go to the beginning. But there are a number of films that were produced in that time. Uh, so I knew I had a number to choose from. I did think, of course, starting with the original. <clears throat> but I wanted a little versus action with my first Gamera. Because a number of the Gamera films are versus movies. You know, Gamera versus Barugan or... Gamera, Gamera versus Zygra, number of weirdly sounding entitled monsters that's like just begging for me to dive in. So I go to the YouTubes. I start there occasionally also because it's easier for me to make a playlist that rolls right into a movie so I don't have to go to another tab. Yeah, it's the little things in life. And there are a number of Gamera films on YouTube. So if you, like myself, have a large Gamera gap, here's your chance to fill it. And a number of the Showa films, as far as I can tell, I do believe everything from the Heisei is more, since it's more recent and modern, that one you would probably have to rent or find it on physical media. Which, by the way, <clears throat> there was a title this month on Kaijun that we specifically did order via the Amazon. I And I haven't ordered via Amazon in ages. But in order to fill this specific gap, I know it's going to be worth it. So I've got my movie lined up. I've got my playlist going. I've got and the two trailers I played for some Gamera films almost made me change the title I was going to watch. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Let's just say it involves giant squidly diddly so i know that's probably the one i'll be watching with one genius mcgee but attack of the monsters is the fifth in the gamera line number one i wasn't lost because there were there was a previously on gamera but also this was an aka <clears throat> as the version i was watching genius himself probably saw on channel 5, 1941 or 62 back in the day 
as I was watching the Americanized version of it uh, in its home country, it is Gamera versus Gyron. Here, it is Attack of the Monsters. So I did get the English dub, which was fine, because knowing that it is kind of for kids, in fact, multiple, multiple times, we hear that Gamera is the friend of children. He's there to help out the kids. He's like Wu-Tang. He's a giant-sized Wu-Tang. He looks out for them. And what I liked on the, the previously on Gamera, we get to see his past battles, his past versus battles. So this going in is my first film. I got caught up really quickly. And of course, I did a little bit of research afterwards. Uh, of course, and I had a blast with this movie, number one. But number two, it's also considered one of the weakest versions of the Showa. So this is a good sign for me. Uh, I will say that the, the, the damn kids in this movie just, just I'm not going to die. This isn't a Stephen King movie. I'm fine. Kids in peril in Attack of the Monsters. The peril we'll get to, but be warned. This could be fairly traumatizing. This is a G-rated film, but holy shnikes does it lean into the horror. And we're talking of the Italian cannibal variety. Oh, yeah, we're going places with with the kids and the aliens. And yes, we have aliens in this film. It is established from the start that there is some signal that we're picking up. And Gamera is uh, kid friendly. He's space friendly. These kids find this UFO. They get into the UFO, much like uh, Hansel and Gretel. Hansel? 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 Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they go right in. They start pushing buttons. And sure enough, they start taking off into space. Gamera goes. Immediate, and it gets so funny that, hey, <laughs> Gamera's like Superman. It's just if a kid's in peril, Gamera's going to show up. And sure as shit, in space, Gamera shows up and starts splitting asteroids for the kids. And yes, everything is practical with our kaiju. And there is a lot of charm going on with Gamera. And Gamera is decidedly kid-friendly. Where uh, Gyra in War of the Gargantuas is terrifying, Gamera looks like he is all about the kids. It's, it's incredible. Now, on the contrast of that is Gamera's... The opposite and the robeast to Gamera's Voltron, if you will, and that is the the Gyron, the verses in our title. And you can tell Del Toro probably loves this. I think everything that we're going to talk about here in Kaijun, Del Toro loves, but the design of Gyron with as this basically this Kaiju katana, and that's important to note. Because Gyron can summon shurikens, freaking ninja stars, and employ them. Awesome. I did react audibly out loud when that happened because I was not anticipating that at all. It was super cool and just made the smashy smashy awesome because it's delving into ninja stuff way back into the 1960s. Now, our aliens, <clears throat> when they're first introduced, we don't see their true faces. Uh, they're hidden in the shadows. Uh, they have bright red eyes. And they almost shoot the kids 
one of the aliens has to stop the other alien from downright Stephen Kinging our film. Would have been a perfect, much like a Hansel and Gretel, a cautionary tale. But no, the other one says, no, we, I have better plans for these kids. And that is where our aliens, Barbella, don't call me Barbarella, and Florbella are brain eaters. And I wasn't really, I didn't think I'd have to take notes with a 79 minute long Gamera movie. But the second when they, the, the alien had to stop from shooting them, I'm like, I don't want to forget about that. I need to talk about that, that because that was fantastic. And then all these other moments continued to happen, including something straight out of an Italian cannibal film from them talking about the brain eating and how the eating of the kids' brains will allow them to take in their knowledge. It's very Wendigo-esque. But we have brain-eating and brain-eating accessories. As we... And we see this kid. And this is something I'm pretty sure I saw in the first Faces of Death. We see them ceremoniously shave his head. And then we almost get the brain-cracking device before, thankfully, Gamera shows up just in the nick of time. Uh, we get, don't call me Rodan, but call me Gaios, their RC version of Rodan. And this Rodan not only loses a leg, but gets mauled by Gyron. Uh, there's some intense kaiju action going on here in terms of bloodshed. We do see... Gamera's hard work from going for that place in Gymkata, the spinning on the bar is pretty rad. I've seen that in memes, so to see that in this movie was great. And then the inevitable, the fact that Gamera fixes the kids' UFO so they can get back to planet Earth, all in a day's, you know, Gamera-sized shenanigans. I understand, again, from the research, this is a lesser-than Gamera but if this is lesser than, everything else is going to be such a plus positive. It's going to be awesome. So uh, thanks to YouTube, I can now truthfully say, Attack of the Monsters, a.k.a. Gamera vs. Gyron? I've seen that. <laughs>